0: We shall now turn to the chapter which we read together, uh, Luke chapter 7, and we take us our text, verse 50, Luke 7, and the last verse. And he, Jesus, said to the woman, Thy faith hath saved thee, <coughs> thy faith hath saved thee, go in peace. Here we have one of the most encouraging passages in the whole of the scriptures. We are all of us horrible sinners. But Christ is an amazing saviour. Think of the words of 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 15. This is a faithful saying. And worthy of all acceptation, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. I am chief, not I was chief, but I am chief. Remember John Newton. How, in his old age, when he had forgotten many things, he said, I've forgotten so many things, but there's two things I haven't forgotten that I'm a great sinner, and that Christ is a great Saviour. I wonder, have you come to Christ with your sins? And have your sins been forgiven? And has he said to you, thy sins are forgiven thee, go in peace. Today in our sermon I would like to deal with four points. First, a sinner. Secondly, a saviour. Thirdly, a lover. And fourthly, a Pharisee. So first, a sinner. Verse 37, this woman is introduced to us as a woman that was a sinner. But every woman's a sinner. And every man's a sinner. All have sinned. The Bible says... All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All of us. There is none righteous, says the scripture. No, not one. There is none that doeth good. None of us do good. We're all sinners. (coughs) We sin all our lives. We sin in thought and word and in deed. Every one of us, every day. We first sinned in Adam. We were in Adam, and when Adam sinned, you sinned, and I sinned. So thousands of years before we were born, we were already sinners. We took that forbidden fruit and ate it. So we're guilty of original sin, the original sin. But not just that, we fell into a state of sin and misery. So when Adam sinned, he fell, and you and I fell. And we fell into a state of sin. So that sin became natural. Sin became easy. Sin became constant. Sinning in thought, word, and deed. There's nothing easier than to sin. And even after we're converted... So easy to sin. We're always sinning. We're born sinners. Paul tells us that by nature we're dead in sin. We're sinning all the time and we're not even aware that we are sinning. We're dead to the reality of our sins. We sin millions of sins that we're not even aware are sins. And God is a holy God. And God cannot pardon sin. That's what he says. Who will in no wise pardon the guilty. Just some time ago there I was preaching in the open air and a Muslim man came up to me and He was saying, Allah is merciful. All we have to do is uh, repent. And if we feel sorry for our sins, Allah will forgive us. But no, Allah is just. He's holy. And God punishes sin. And repentance is not enough and there's no way of meriting god's favor you can weep tears of sorrow to to the endless ages of eternity and that won't wash away one of your sins we fell into a state of sin and misery where we're born sinners sin is natural it's easy it's constant we're sinful in our thoughts sinful in our attitudes, sinful in our reactions. We lust, we're angry, we're covetous, we're idolatrous. And the first step, the first step to salvation is realizing you're a sinner. That's the first step. Until we realize that we're horrible, filthy, wretched sinners, there's no hope for us. So we've got to realize we're sinners. Now, th- but this woman, we're told, she was a sinner. And by saying that, it means that she wasn't just like everyone else, a sinner. But she was a particularly notorious sinner. The Pharisee here who's invited Jesus into his house, he knows this woman to be a sinner. Everyone in the city knows her to be a sinner. She obviously had a terrible past. What did she do? We don't know. Was she a drunk? Was she foul-mouthed? Was she a Sabbath-breaker? Was she bad-tempered, spiteful, dishonest, a liar? Was she an adulteress? Was she a prostitute? Many people think she was a prostitute. We don't know. doesn't matter. But she was a big sinner. And everybody thought of her as a sinner. And particularly the Pharisee, in whose house she is, thought of this woman as a sinner. Think of the worst sin possible. She could have done that sin. So every man and woman is a sinner. And some are notorious sinners. And God hates sin. And one sin is sufficient to send a person, you or I, to hell. Forever. Forever and ever and ever. Because one sin is an infinite wickedness when it's against an infinitely great and holy and good God. So one sin deserves hell forever. So what does millions and millions and millions of sin deserve? A sinner. But then secondly we have here a saviour. Jesus. And his name shall be called Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. So that was the name that he was given by the angel. Speaking to Joseph. Call his name Jesus. Jesus. Call his name Saviour. We made reference earlier to that faithful saying, worthy of all acceptation, that Christ Jesus came into the world. Why? To save sinners, of whom I am chief, even the chief of sinners. that's a wonderful saying and that's the good news the word gospel means good news and what is the good news the good news is that there's a saviour we're all sinners on the way to hell but there's a saviour and that's amazing we deserve to perish but there's a saviour Go ye into all the world and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe whatsoever things I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always. Go and preach the gospel to every creature. That's the commission given to the church. Tell them that the Son of God came into this world and took a human body and soul human a uh, human nature and lived a spotless life and then offered himself as a sacrifice on the cross died in the Roman place of sinners and sent out his church to tell the world that he's able and willing to save believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved that's a gospel a wonderful gospel For a perishing world. The Son of God. Became the Son of Man. To bear our sins. To suffer for them. To offer himself as a sacrifice on our behalf. And having sacrificed himself for us. To enter into heaven and sprinkle his blood upon the throne of God. A mighty priest, if any man sin, we have an advocate with a father. An advocate freely offered to you. Is he your advocate? Have you claimed Jesus? Have you taken him for yourself? is your faith and your confidence in him. Remember John the Baptist. We were reading about him earlier in the chapter. Is this he that should come or should we seek for another? He's going through a time of doubt and uncertainty in prison. It was hard for him. He had experienced a mighty revival Preaching out there in the desert. Thousands converted. And now he finds himself in prison. Soon to be beheaded. Art thou he that should come? Are you the great Messiah? Think back, John, to what you said. When the Holy Spirit came upon you. You preached, you proclaimed, you declared. Behold! 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 the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. Imagine what Jesus must have thought when he heard that. Behold the Lamb of God. His human nature must have shivered at the thought, you are the sacrifice to take away the sin of the world. He came not to call the righteous but sinners to repentance. They that are whole need not a physician but they that are sick. There's some hope for the one who knows that they're sick and goes to the doctor. But if you're sick and you don't know it then death comes suddenly. A promise was made in the Garden of Eden. Immediately Our our first parents had sinned. God came into the garden. And he spoke to the serpent. And in his words addressed to the devil. There's hope. I will put enmity between thy seed and her seed. (coughs) The children of the devil and the children of God. It shall bruise thy head. And thou shalt bruise his heel. The seed of the woman would crush the serpent's head. The same gospel that came to Abel. We need the gospel in order to have faith. Faith comes by hearing. And we're told about Abel. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. Faith. Faith in Christ in the cross, in the dying saviour. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. Or Noah. Think of Noah building that ark as a type of Christ, the place of safety. Oh, how safe and secure were everyone that was in the ark. All around them, death, storm, drowning, disaster. But perfect safety in the ark. Come into the ark and be saved. But only eight people came into the ark and the rest perished. It's a narrow road that leads to life. A narrow gate and few there be that find it. Have you found the narrow way? Have you found Jesus Christ? He's an able saviour, a willing saviour, one who paid the ransom price. We are redeemed not with corruptible things such as silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Christ. Remember how he cried on Calvary's cross just before he died. It is finished. It's done. It's completed. Salvation is accomplished. <clears throat> and then sent out as preachers. To proclaim that gospel to the world. So we have then. A sinner. And then secondly. A saviour. And now thirdly here we have a lover. Here's a woman Who really loves Christ. She's in love with Jesus. Can you say that? I love Jesus. I'm in love with him. I love him more than anyone else. He's got my heart. I've given my heart to Christ. A woman who's in love, in love with Jesus. Why? Well, she was a sinner. Her sins were many. She was convicted of them. She knew that she was on the way to hell. She feels her guilt, her shame, her lostness. She knows that God is holy. She fears the wrath to come. But then she meets Christ. And her sins... Her sins, which were many, were forgiven. She was in debt, in such great debt, and she couldn't pay, and he frankly forgave her all. No wonder she's in love. She has come to know Jesus, and she knows him as the Saviour, Who has saved her. Who has saved the big sinner. The notorious sinner. The one who has done all sorts of things. That marked her out in our town. As somebody who was disgraceful. And yet. The Lord Jesus loved her. And welcomed her. And washed her. And made her clean. What a wonderful Saviour we have! What an amazing Saviour! No wonder that was a saying going round in the early church. This is a faithful saying. How faithful! This is worthy of being accepted by all that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Of whom I am chief. Not just I was chief as the persecutor and the blasphemer, but I am chief. Yes, Paul thought of himself as the greatest sinner. He was a godly man, a great saint. But the chief of sinners in his own eyes. Why? Because God had opened his eyes. And God showed him his heart. And even after our conversion. We can see more filth in our own heart. If our eyes are opened. We can see more filth in our own heart. Than we can see in the lives of the very worst. So here's this woman then, and she comes to Christ, and she puts her faith in him and trusts in him. What must I do to be saved? Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. Being justified by faith, she has peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. There is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. Whoever will be condemned, nobody in Christ will be condemned. By faith we are in Christ. She feels the wonder of pardon. She has claimed the blood and she's washed. And so she boldly enters the Pharisee's house, knowing that she could easily be kicked out knowing that the Pharisee despised her and rejected her and hated her. She comes in boldly because she's in love with Christ and she's prepared to do anything for Christ. She comes to the feet of Jesus as he's lying there at the table laid on the ground. She comes behind him to his feet and weeps. And she weeps. She's weeping tears of repentance, but not just that. She's weeping tears of joy. Tears of delight. Tears of amazement. Tears of wonder. What a saviour. What an amazing saviour. What a spotless beautiful saviour. And he had compassion on me. And he loved me. And he gave himself for me. And he died for me. Me the greatest sinner. In the town. He died for me. It's a wonderful thing when personally. You can take this gospel to yourself and you can say, he loved me and he gave himself for me. No wonder she wept. No wonder there was great emotion. No wonder the tears flowed. And as they flowed down from her cheeks, they fell on Jesus' dirty feet. Dirty with the dust from the road. And she took down her hair, and she she rubbed her feet dry, and she kissed his feet. What great love, kissing, kissing, and kissing again, because she loved Jesus. She's deeply in love with him. Do you love Jesus? That's the great mark of the Christian. Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Lord, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest my heart. Thou knowest that I love thee. And she takes out her expensive box of perfume. And she pours it all over his feet. She can't do enough for Christ. Christ has her heart. He's her everything. Just as he was to Paul. Remember how Paul put it? To me, to live. It's Christ. To die is gain. Christ is everything. He's my life. He's the center of my life. He's the point of my life. He's the one who gives me life. To me, to live, is Christ. To die is gain. And Jesus tells a parable, a parable about a creditor who had two debtors. One debtor owed him 500 denarii, 500 pence. The pence or silver coin was a day's wages for a working man. One owed 500 and another owed 50. Neither could pay. He frankly forgave both. Who loved him most? Well, you would expect that the person who was forgiven most would love most. That's what the Pharisee thought. And Jesus said, yes, you've answered rightly. The one who owed most, loved most. What do you owe? How much do you owe? you'll owe oh God just a little i try my best i do what I can and I'm not that bad a person and there's a lot of people worse than me is that your attitude or is it rather I'm a horrible sinner a hell deserving sinner I owe everything to Christ Aware of her son, aware of her sin, she is overcome with love. So we've seen here a sinner, a savior, a lover, and then finally, a Pharisee. Here's this man, and he's a good living, church-going person. His place was never absent in the synagogue. Goes up to the temple regularly to offer, to sacrifice, to worship. Some people, even some Pharisees, were quite nasty sort of people. But others were really very good living. And it would seem that that's the sort of person we have here. A really good living person. Very kindly, very neighborly, very loving. He invites Jesus into his home doesn't know what to make of Jesus really, but very kindly, he's he's hospitable, He, he invites Jesus, and when you take Jesus into your home, you've got to invite a lot of other people too, so he had to make quite a big meal there, and there were all these people in his home. So he's not, in any sense, outwardly an enemy of Jesus, no, not at all. But he's not sure what to make of Jesus. He's watching, wondering. He's very self-righteous. A good living person. And then he sees this woman coming into the house. And his first thought was, Well, what's she doing here? How can we keep her away? Then he thought, well, it'll be interesting to see. Interesting to see what happens. Let her come in. So in she comes, this notorious sinner woman, and he sees her come along towards Jesus and crouch down at his feet, and he sees the tears flowing from her cheeks. He sees her wiping Jesus' feet with her hair and kissing Jesus' feet. Now, Jesus, they say He's a prophet. Well, if he's a prophet, he should know. He should know what sort of woman this is. I wouldn't let that woman touch me. Her filthy hands. Never. Jesus. Jesus lets this woman touch him. He's allowing her even to kiss him. What's going on here? A woman, a sinner woman, And he's wondering, wondering what sort of person Jesus is. Is he just a fake, a pretend prophet? Why does he allow it? So he's quite critical of Jesus. But Jesus is more of a prophet than he thought. Because Jesus doesn't just know what kind of woman this is. But he knows exactly the very thoughts going through the Pharisee's heart. He can hear, as it were, every thought that his host is thinking. And so Jesus tells the parable about the two debtors. And asks the man... Which debtor will be most thankful for his debt being cancelled? Surely, surely the one who's had the biggest debt. Surely he'll love the creditor most. And then Jesus points out, I came into your house with dusty feet, normal courtesy would say, Wash, wash my feet. At least provide water for me to wash my feet. But I came into your house and you didn't give me any water to wash my feet. And this woman has washed my feet with her tears. The most precious water she had. Her tears. And (coughs) she's wiped them not just with some rag or other, but with her precious hair, the glory of a woman. And not just that, I came into your house and you never gave me a kiss. But this woman hasn't just kissed me on the face. She's kissed my feet, not just once, but over and over and over again. You never gave me oil to anoint myself, but this woman has anointed my feet with perfume. You showed me no real love because you didn't really need me, or that's what you thought. You had no sense of your sin. And you didn't particularly want a saviour. You trusted that you were good enough. But this woman, she needed me. She loved me. She trusted me. She found in me The saviour she needed, and in me she found forgiveness. A wicked woman, but all her sins are washed away. Jesus said to the woman, Thy sins are forgiven thee. Every single sin you ever committed, The sin that you sinned in eating the forbidden fruit in the Garden of Eden. And every sin since the moment you were conceived in the womb. Every sin throughout your whole life. And not just that. Not just these horrible things that you did. But actually, the sins you will do in the future too. They're all forgiven. Thy sins are forgiven thee. Thy faith hath saved thee, go in peace. What an amazing thing it is when a person comes to put their trust in Christ. Think again of that glorious doctrine of justification by faith. Wherein he pardons all our sins and accepteth us as righteous in his sight only for the righteousness of Christ. Received by us, by faith. Righteousness, the righteousness of Christ, the death of Christ, the sufferings of Christ, the atonement of Christ. He gave himself for us. By faith we receive him. And now all sins, past, present and future are forgiven. Thy sins are forgiven thee. Thy faith hath saved thee. Go in peace. Is that true of you? Can you go in peace from this meeting today knowing all your sins are forgiven and all you've ever done wrong is pardoned? God loves you and you love God. That's the gospel. That's the saviour. Christ died on the cross to save sinners. He's risen, he's alive, he's a mighty saviour. Come to Christ and you'll be saved. Love the Lord Jesus. Put your trust in him. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ
1: we give thanks
0: O Lord that we have a great saviour and we give thanks that although we are great sinners we have a great saviour we give thanks Lord although we have done many things of which we are ashamed and although if people could see our hearts and see into the thoughts of our hearts they would despise us as much as, as far as he despised the sinner woman. Yet we thank thee that thou hast not despised us. Thou hast seen our rotten hearts. And thou hast washed them clean. And every day thou dost wash them clean again. And one day we will be spotless and without sin before thee in love. We rejoice in Christ our Saviour. We rejoice that he was made sin for us, made sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. In Jesus' name we pray.
1: Amen. Amen.
0: We shall close singing in Psalm 130. (coughs) Psalm 130. Lord, from the depths to thee I cry, my voice, Lord, do thou hear. <coughs> Unto my supplication's voice, give an attentive ear. Lord, who shall stand if thou, Lord, shouldst mark iniquity, but yet with thee forgiveness is, that fear thou mayest be? Psalm 130. <coughs> <coughs> are as follows the evening service as usual at 6.30pm and then there will be a fellowship in the manse afterwards the prayer meeting <coughs> the prayer, meet- <coughs> prayer meeting on Thursday at 7.30pm the services next week at the usual times 11am and 6.30pm the Inverness Presbytery will meet tomorrow God willing, by Zoom, in order to deal with the presentation of a call by this congregation to the Reverend Raymond Kemp. And then there's an intimation also with regard to the Christian Institute. They are having a meeting tomorrow night, 7.30, in Inches Church of Scotland, in the retail park at Inches. Uh, that's 7.30, the Christian Institute, for a wonderful work supporting the churches in different ways, and I'm sure that will be a profitable meeting. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all.
1: Amen. Amen.